You're listening to Unmotivated and Unprepared, a podcast where we take a break from the everyday hustle and bustle to muse about life, liberty, and the pursuit of randomness. Now here's Greg and Ross. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 10 of Unmotivated and Unprepared. I'm Ross. And I'm Greg. And it's been a while, Greg. It's been, man, we were, we've been promising London part two. We got people on the edge of their seats. And <laughs> if they listened to part one, they learned, I guess, one of two things, Greg. Either you're loud or I'm quiet. But I think the correct answer is yes. 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 Absolutely. Yes. 100%. So now that we're now that we're back to being in our own hovels, you know, I think we can uh, can try to adjust the audio as best possible for the optimal listening experience for yes. uh, for our for our listeners who've ma- who've managed to hang on to get us into double digits. So I think today we're going to continue with our London London exploits because when we recorded it, we still had quite a few things to do. Um, and I think we'll, we'll go through the punch list. I think we did promise people that we would talk about who gauge pineapple was. So we'll, we'll cover gauge pineapple here in a little bit. If you know, the mysterious feel like we need, uh, we'll have to have a whole nother podcast on that one. So gather, (laughs) gather clues. Uh, but one of the things, you know, we all had our I guess our things, right? Because we went, you, me, and and my wife all met up there. And we each had our one thing that we really wanted to do. And I'll start with the most important one, which would be my wife's thing that she wanted to do, which was she wanted to do like English tea. She wanted to go to tea. And so we, you fortunately... And when I tell this story, everybody said, man, what I learned from this is travel with Greg. That's what everybody <laughs> says, right? So you happen to have a reciprocal membership to a fancy club. What was it? The National Liberals Club? Yeah, the National Liberals it was? Club, right. Yep. Yeah. So how did you stumble upon like this, This like when, when we said we want to go, we want to get tea, like what is, what is the Greg the Greg methodology for finding a place for tea in London? Well, whenever I travel now, I try to, I try to look, so you join a club, you join the membership of, of a, of a private social club. So that's it, whether it's a country club or a business club or whatever it is. And I think you're remiss if you don't think that, Hey, they have reciprocal memberships. Let's make sure that I check that out. If we're going somewhere, let me check to see what clubs I have access to, whether you're planning on using them or not just to know that you have access to that club is something you can use. So I knew we were going to London and I looked at the different options that we had. There was four potential clubs we could have visited. The one that had an afternoon tea that they had in the menu uh, that was well regarded was a national liberals club, which also happened to be Winston Churchill's club when Winston Churchill was a, was a pol- was alive. Yeah, that's not, that's not intimidating when you walk in, you see a big painting of people and then you say, oh, well, here's Winston Churchill membership. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, gi- giant painting in the foyer, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was very hyper-formal. I, Americans don't really have clubs like this, I don't think. I mean, maybe New York does, but most places, they're not as, 
to me, I felt like we went back in time, the time of Phineas Fogg and and around the world in 80 days or Phileas Fogg and around the world. I think it's Phineas. Phineas Fogg and the night world around the world in 80 days. You felt like that. You felt like there was a smoking room where guys were sitting around smoking cigars, reading the newspaper and talking about today's events. That that evokes that that I don't know about you, Ross, but that's what it evoked in my mind with the big high back leather chairs and oh, totally. maps and the taxidermy. It just it had that air of this is four hundred years, three hundred years old or whatever. Yeah, I think I think when I reflect on a lot of our travels, there was I had many moments of I feel out of place, you know, and I think that was definitely an I feel out of place. I mean I mean setting the stage, right? Like one, I had to wear you know, a sport coat, which, um, unlike you, who we will at one point talk about fashion and, you know, playing dress up and sense, I'm like, I had to go buy one for this trip because I didn't have one that fit me like, well, it was just like kind of draped over me, all my other ones, you know, it's like a sheet. Uh, so, so one, you know, you, we roll in into this place and like, for those listening, like Greg's got all of his stuff ready and you know, talks to the gentleman at the front and the dude like pulls out this old dusty book, you know, from off the shelf to confirm the reciprocal membership, you know, and like dust on it, kind of wipes it off. I'll do a little ASMR, you know, kind of blows on it, you know, to kind of get, get all the dust off. And, oh, yep. There it is. Okay. Yeah. You can, you can come in like, like step number one, you know, uh, you know, unlocked door number one, you know, to get into this fancy place. But yeah, you're right. It was very, very opulent, but very old school, you know, very, very old school. So feeling out of place yet. Yes. But I think what was cool about it was to your point, going there, seeing things happening, but then also sitting out on the balcony, having delicious tea, which I'm not a big tea drinker. So that's something that was something different for me. But then just having that whole, you know, having that whole experience um, throughout thinking like Winston Churchill could have been making deals here a few years ago. What I found interesting is, and I I need to remind myself to remind my club about this. The the interesting part was no one had us on a reservation. They just had, yep, you're part of that club. I had a letter that said very officially that we came. You didn't send a telegram. You didn't send a telegram to him, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot. I forgot the telegram. So yeah. we sh- we show up we show up and we get to the top of the we get to the top of the 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 stairs and we talk to the maitre d of the little restaurant so we have tea at three p.m. and at this point you can look in the fa- his face he's like wait I don't have you on my on my agenda I don't have you on my schedule uh, let me go check with the chef he comes back and goes no problem go st- just let us know where you want to sit and we'll serve you and we go. <laughs> And sit down, and there's a lengthy wait between when we actually sit down to when food arrives, and we realize at this point that they had made everything fresh, all the scones and everything Very had, fresh. Just been, had just been made. They were all hot. And we realized at this point we had probably put out the chef, but they were not going to lose face with my official letter that said we could be there. Yes, yes, official letter. That's right. Like you could tell, he was he was a bit. He was a bit taken aback, but he managed to quote fit us in, you know, to yes. to the busy schedules they had. So, yeah, so that was it. Was interesting. I mean, it was a good time, and I think honestly, I think the fascinating thing you had mentioned this was that uh, they hadn't allowed women in into that club until 
I wouldn't say a few years ago, but a couple of, I guess it was a couple decades ago, correct? Right. I think it was, I think it was the, a couple decades ago. We read that on the wall, that it wasn't a, it wasn't a co-ed club for it, almost its history. Yeah. Which, so, so that was, was very, it was very, it was very interesting to me how like times are changing, but there's still places that are <laughs> catching up from, from that standpoint. So, but yeah, so that was delicious and we had that. And then we, but before that though, so that was, that was my wife's request and, and I think she thoroughly enjoyed it. It was very good, but your request, Greg, which you know, we've talked about before was you had mentioned over text that you wanted to go talk to your scotch broker, <laughs> which I thought you had said stock broker. And we talked about that in a previous episode about what that was, but, um, we rolled into that place and once again, like just by happenstance, we go up to the place and we're kind of, you know, confused. I mean, they drive on the opposite side of the road. So we're trying to kind of confuse, trying to find which room we're supposed to go to. And everything's kind of locked. Our key cards didn't work in this building, this visitor pass that they gave us. And then some, some random Brit like walks by and Greg, of course, is like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here for my scotch tasting. And, and you're, and what did you say? You're looking for, what's his name? Josh. We were looking for Josh. Josh. Looking for Josh. And, and what proceeds to happen, Greg, the dude looks at you and what is, what does he say? So you, so yeah, we walk up to the door, we walk up to the door, we put our key card in there. It's not working. The guy told us exactly what we should be doing. And he says, this, this guy stops. He says, Hey, you should probably go back downstairs and then get access if you have to be in one of these rooms. And, I, and he said, what are you looking for? I said, well, I have an appointment with cash trade with my broker. And he goes, do you remember his name? And I said, yes, his name is Josh. He goes, well, I'm Josh. And you could see on his face that he was like, wait, wait, did I have an appointment today? And at, and he's starting to, the gears are starting to work in his mind. And he's like, oh, wait, yes, you have tea at three o'clock. Yes. I remember our conversations. Yes. Okay. And it was a lot of apologies. So many apologies of that. It didn't, it, he didn't have us in, what do you say? His diary. We weren't in his diary. And, and, uh, and to translate for those listening, diary equals outlook calendar still. Outlook calendar. <laughs> yeah. And we walk in and the face of his colleagues realizing that he had no idea that he had us as an appointment and we're clients from America. Uh, they, they definitely were, were what they say, taking the piss. They were definitely making fun of him. Uh, yes. They, to- they totally of- were. Yeah. And you could, you could hear, I could hear in his head going like, Damn it, Susan! Why didn't you schedule this? But yeah, he didn't have a Susan <laughs> schedule it, right? yeah. or a Pete. You know, like there was no, nobody no. there scheduling it. He, and we saw him pull up his calendar. He was wide open that day. So <laughs> he had um, nothing. Poor, poor dude. Poor dude thought he was just going to have a day of researching different <laughs> barrels of scotch, and then like all of a sudden the Americans roll it. And it's not just Greg. He's got two other two other folks in tow too. So now he's like, Oh man, this could be like a big deal making day. And I had no clue. So that was, that was, it was a interesting start. Right. So then we get, we get yeah. shuffled into the room. Right. Greg. And was this, was this what you were expecting for the experience? I had no idea. I, I thought we were going to let, so I bought my first cask from this company sight unseen. I never even tasted it. I never even, I knew what I wanted to buy. I knew what scotch I wanted to purchase 
Um, and I did what I always tend to do when I buy things is just, I already have done all the research. You don't have to sell me. I'm already here to show you. I have money. I want to purchase this thing. And so it wasn't a, one of these deals, but this time around, I didn't know what to buy the second time. And so, and being in person, he actually laid out several bottles of scotch for us to try. And we'll, we'll talk about that experience in just a second, but you're right. I had no idea what actually is supposed to look like when you purchase a cask of, of whiskey. So, yeah. So, so he, so he lays these out and he finds out that Greg is a, is a whiskey connoisseur. He loves his scotch. My wife had some bad experiences years ago where she's like, I don't really like, really like whiskey. And then you had Ross who's like, I don't like the taste of alcohol. So, (laughs) so. So he's, I'm sure this guy's thinking his head like, well, I hope this Ross guy is loaded with money because I'm not going to give him good scotch here. So he, what did he say? He said, I'm going to give you some to try for the experience that we could pour out, i.e. Right. some yeah, that yeah. we have a lot of, yes. you know, right? Like he's not going to waste the triple digit, you know, priced scotch on 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 this guy here like no no chance so so we had what four and i don't know you call them like the little glasses and we had glencairn we had glencairn glasses he which is the which looks it's a nosing glass for scotch whiskey very pretentiously looking light upside down light bulb with the end turtled off of it but that's what i always think of it it looks like an upside down light bulb yeah yeah that's a good point it does it does and then we uh and then so then you we went through and he explained the science for me, even though you, I mean, you already knew the science, do the whole, hold the hand over, heat it up, let the, let the, the everything else go. So like, is that how you, like, is that how you kind of learned when you got into that? Did you do that type of thing or did you learn anything from him as he was talking through that? Or you kind of knew all the facts and the science of it all? I think from the science perspective, I knew most about, I mean, I've been drinking whiskey for years and I love to talk about whiskey. So a lot of the things that he was doing, I was very familiar with those pieces of it. What temperature does to it, if you add a little bit of water, what it does to it, the nosing pieces of it. Uh, and it was a good reminder too, that don't lead, don't lead the the drinker. Don't lead the drinker. Let them, let them discover the their flavor palettes from the whiskey and and don't lead them in that process which i thought was a nice one of what what flavors are you getting off of off of the whiskey yeah Um, but from the from the from the science perspective i didn't but i learned a lot about different unique things that distillers do and I, i always knew they do fun things but there was a plenty to learn there with the scotches that we got into which is ones that you think of as being unpeated or, or um, ones that do not have a strong smoke to them, you'll have some that, that they make an expression that's smoky, that's competitive with another very super smoky scotch. Those were unique things. And when you live there, you forget if you have access to that level of volume and that level of competition, that they are all sorts of different flavors that they've, they've created in their history, which we don't get here. We don't get here in the United States. Yeah, it truly is like it truly is like a chemistry thing, right? Like I was blown away. Like my quote untrained nose, you know, was like I could actually smell and like peated and not pe- like I was like ooh, well, like that. I can actually, 
I can actually smell that versus you're like, you're smelling notes of X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I don't know. I just smell burning, you know, like <laughs> I I, smell I'm burning. not right. And then I tasted burning because yes, folks, I tried whiskey for the first time. Um, you know, hold it in your mouth, all that stuff, breathe yeah. out. Ooh, wow. You, you tried no, it. Thank you. You tried it. You hey, tried I, it. I, you, I will try most things at least once, usually twice, just in case, because I'm like, maybe I just had a bad, bad thought in my head about it. So, but yeah, it was, it was, wasn't bad. Now you ended up, you ended up, di- you did buy, you did buy a cask, correct? I did. Yep. Bought a did cask, cask. Tamanavulin. Yeah. Tamanavulin. Yep. Okay. And, um, have you had any of that since you bought, I mean, obviously you're not drinking from your cask. Like we've talked about how that works right. in the past, but, but have you had any of that? Have you found any of that anywhere near you since you've been back? No, actually Charlotte. So North Carolina is a terrible place to get whiskey, terrible place. Uh, and I have to drive to South Carolina to get whiskey if I want to, which isn't that far. It's a 30 minute drive, but Texas has much greater quantities of it and Tamanavulin happens to be located there. So when I come to come to San Antonio in two weeks, I will be purchasing some bottles of Tamanavulin to bring back with me yeah. to put into my collection. Bring it there. See, so like I've got some of that. I, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a purchaser. You know, it's kind of like yeah, an art I, thing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm investing in that. I'm investing in that. Yeah. So it yeah. it is uh, looking forward to to doing that. But it was nice to do. I mean, it's an investment, right? It's for making money. It's not, it's, yes, you like the product, but it's the same as buying art. I mean, hopefully you buy art and like to look at the art. You're not just buying it because you're trying to make a lot of money off of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of both. It's, it's a, there's some, there's some, there's icing on the cake with some of it, right? You appreciate it. You appreciate what it is. And if you can make some money on it, great. Um, but it's really more of being part of that continuing that industry and that market because you're a part of it. You appreciate it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So that's, then, that's right. so then we were, you know, so after that we were thoroughly sauced. No, I'm just kidding. Um, when we <laughs> got not to the, thoroughly sauced. The, the <laughs> they don't, cover. by the way, that's no, the misconception. American, Americans like distilleries They're They don't, they tend to pour you a lot. They tend to pour you heavy pours. And so you tend to get, mm-hmm. I mean, because I think a lot of times Americans, that's what they do. They, they go to get drunk, but, but in scotch that you don't want to ruin your palate. You, your goal is to yeah, taste it was, it, it was a small amount. Yeah. It was yeah, a very, very small. small amount. I mean, very tiny amount, just enough to get a smell and to get a taste of it on your, on, on your tongue, like in your palate. So, but yes, he, I mean, the guy was very happy when he made the deal. Then he kind of busted out the like, Oh, I won't tell the boss man, but I'm going to give you some of this expensive <laughs> stuff. You know, you know, it's standard. He's still, I mean, he made commission. So he, he he had a good dinner that night, you know. He was oh, sure. he was happy yeah. for it. So, but we did stop by. We got uh, we did stop by and buy you a. Uh, we bought you a hat. We bought you a cap. Yes. Right? A hat. Yep. Hat. A, a right. Cap. Like we bought a, cap. a flat cap. So, That's right. That's see, right. I don't like. Once again, we we will still have a fashion episode because I know nothing about <laughs> it. Um, I tried on a uh, a newsboy that. My wife proceeded to tell me, when would you ever wear that? And I was like, well, next time we go to London, she's like, okay, well then in eight or 10 years, you can, we can come back and you can try it on and be satisfied. So I, I've showed that picture. I took a picture of me and and the newsboy and uh, people were like, yeah, that looks really good. And I'm like, don't question Greg. He knew what would look good for my, you know, for like my face shape or whatever. So like it, 
actually worked out. It worked out really well. Um, I did have one employee being like, it's good that you didn't buy it. I'm like, ouch, ouch. But you know, everybody thought I looked straight out of like Peaky Blinders or something. Um, it looked good on you. I mean, it was a yeah. good look, but you, but, but you, again, you don't wear hats. There's no, no reason guy. to purchase something. There's no reason to purchase something you're not going to wear. But I think yep. it's the same thing. I, I've always, I tell the story of when I took uh, one of my employees when I was running Cyber Threat and I, classic IT guy, I took him to uh, San Francisco. We were at a conference and I took him to Blooming, Bloomingdale's, Bloomies, to try on a pair of Italian leather shoes, you know, $550 shoes, which he would never buy, right? I mean, a $100 pair of shoes at that time, he would never even purchase. I mean, he was wearing a pair of Vans. But the idea of putting them on in the way that he immediately changed his walk, immediately how he felt in those shoes, you, you could see it on his face that he recognized the value of some of these purchases. But again, yeah, probably not enough to not enough to purchase it at that price, but understands like why someone might want to wear that as part of their costume. Yeah, it gives you gives you some confidence, gives you some swagger. And I mean, I mean we walked by. We went to Savile, Savile Row, right? Savile Row. That's right. Savile yeah, Row. Yeah. Right? Sa- R-O-W, yeah. Yeah. Savile Sav Row, which is um, where all the most prestigious tailors are, like, or the most prestigious. I mean, you go by and you see, like, hey, we did stuff for the queen. We did stuff mm-hmm. for, well, who is now the new king? So it's like, oh, these, these people are, you don't just roll in there and be like, hey, you have something that just, fits a 16 R or whatever the, you know, the size is whatever. No, no, no. They measure. This is what I told you when we were there, right? Like, so if you gain a pound, like you need to go back and remeasure. That's how like well tailored these things are. But, uh, but it was interesting to just even window shop and see the, uh, to use the word again, the opulence, the extravagance of all of it. So it was, it was, it was very good. It was, it was fun. And then, man, that was a, that was a day that was after our, I'm glad we, we had a, you know, not, not the circumstances, but I'm glad we kind of had a rest day the day before with the queen's ceremony and everything. Cause it was a packed day. Cause then we went, we went to, went to the West end, right. We saw dear Evan Hansen, which was very good. And I was, I was thinking about that. Like he, the actor who played Evan won, uh, what award did he win? He won, like, he won the, the Olivier. British... He won the Olivier, the Olivier award. Yeah. 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 So, so, kind of not not quite the equivalent of an American Tony, but like a very, I mean, it's a very prestigious, I mean, a prestigious acting award. And I was thinking about, it's like, I don't ever think I've seen, like I've never seen an original Broadway run of a show in New York. I've seen the touring shows. I don't think I've ever seen like that caliber of acting of, of a run. And it was very good, right? It was, it was an emotional show, you know, highly recommended to people. Um, but sadly... One of the things I remember the most was about 10, 15 minutes into the show. <laughs> Greg knows where I'm going. Um, we're sitting there and like about two rows up to our right. There's some people who come in late and they're walking and they must have stepped on a guy's foot or something. Cause this guy just shouts out, ow. <laughs> and, and I'm like, totally distracted from everything else thinking in my head like one rude to come in late sorry just is you know mm-hmm. but then the other thing you step on the guy and then how loud he exclaims it out it was just it was just fan to ow so <laughs> so funny but like it was it was good it was good i'm glad we went um but 
do you would you would you do something like that again? Like the whole uh, West I End would. thing, or is yeah, that something done, that? Yeah, I've done it before. I I like the West End. I think there's a difference, right? There's a caliber difference between there's the Broadway shows, which I think is the pinnacle of 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 musicals, right? Just because they can demand what they do, they also pay a lot higher. I mean, we looked it up the other day. They oh, they yeah, make yeah. They make significantly more money at being a star on a Broadway show than you do at the West. What the West End was, what, $47,000? That's the yeah, salary yeah, this, for a lead yeah. singer at West End? Dear, dear Evan Hansen, you're going to need another job. You know, right. basically exactly. is, is what they're trying to say, especially in London. So I, I think I like West End musicals. I like I like musicals in general. I think that... Overall, I never really get into the giant ones. I kind of like more of the sticky ones um, because I think they're more fun that way. I think the more campy it is, the more fun it is. Dear sure, Evan Hansen sure. got had, had, I think it was fun enough, but it had definitely some awkward moments where I felt too relatable to the character. We are like, oh man, don't do that. Don't lie. Don't, oh, yeah, don't say that. Oh, not to uh, your moms. Yeah. But it tells you how well the writing is if you can have a feeling or an emotion associated to it. Uh, yeah, I definitely do more shows. I love to go to shows, but I, I am the same person who goes to local musicals. Like I like local theater just as much as I like mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. productions. I think, uh, but there are people who go to local produ- go to production, especially those people who have the kind of money that it takes who live in London, who go to West end shows, you know, every time a new one shows up, I don't think I'm that person. You have to, it has to be something special to go to a show of, of that size, that cost that. Yeah. 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 And I, and I think we, we missed Moulin Rouge. Uh, they had just finished, and I didn't realize that the Moulin Rouge one, they redid the songs. There's new songs. We were, I was listening to stuff, and they actually redid to modernize some of the songs, which I actually kind of like the songs. I listened to them on um, Pick Your Music Streaming of Choice, but highly recommend going out there listening to it. They were actually pretty good. They were, they were newer ones. Um, love the original. I love Moulin Rouge, but like the Broadway ones are actually kind of fun. So I was, I was bummed that that run had already ended. Cause I think that's what we had initially looked at was, Hey, let's go to Moulin Rouge. And then once we found out that was ending in like August, we started going down the trail of what are some other ones. So. Yeah. What well, fascinates me though, Ross, I was thinking about this when I listened to, sh- to show tunes, cause that's what they are. They're show tunes. It doesn't matter oh, yeah, whether it's 100%. like, it, there's the rock opera songs of Les Mis and family opera, right? Which are operatic, right? They're big, huge rock opera songs, bold songs. And, yeah. Yeah. And then you have Greatest Showman and Dear Evan Hansen and Legally Blonde, the musical. And I mean, they all sound the same. They all have that same style of talky, singy, like big, big, you know, what are they? I don't know what they call those things. Big solos. But they're all relatively the same. Like they all kind of have a similar sound. Like You could just, yeah. I mean, I think there are exceptions. I think it's when people like things like Rent or Moulin Rouge or... I'm Les Mis or whatever because those are big, huge operas. Yeah, they're very Rent different. Is opera. Rent is a big operatic musical. Um, but yeah, I always find it funny when you go to a musical and you listen to songs like this could be Oliver. Like this really could just yes. be Oliver Twist. Like it doesn't sound any different. And yeah, yeah, similar thing. Yeah, though they and then it's always funny when they convert like somebody like Green Day to musical, and now you're listening to Green Day as a musical, and it just sounds again like Oliver. You're just like, well, this yeah, again yeah. is Oliver singing Green Day lyrics. Like, it's yeah, the same. Green Day show it's always the same. Yes. It's the same. Yes, yeah. Uh, so that's why I think, yeah, you're right. That's why when something unique comes out, 
and wins, it's either the material is very groundbreaking or controversial, or they did something completely different with the musical style. And that's really what changes people. That's why that's what gets people listening and like wanting to go and see that and experience that. Cause it's something different. Like our, our brains get wired. So now, yeah, I didn't know. So, so I'll tell you, man, the one thing that I thought was weird is I read the backstory on the Evan Hansen thing. He's supposed to be, he's supposed to have social anxiety, but it was almost like they played him autistic. They played him mm-hmm. very different than just being socially anxious. Yeah. Um, yeah. He did. And it, it did look like he was on the spectrum you know, from, yeah, from the I, sense of how, how he acted and how he played. I mean, the actor did a phenomenal job of, of great. playing off that, that sense of anxiety. Right. And, and I think he did have that, but you're right. I think it was almost more than that. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting because I think anybody, since anybody has moments of, I'm not ruining it for any listeners of our seven people that shut tune in, but the, sure. the social anxiety aspect, I think all, all of us have had moments where we've been socially anxious. But to have it at the crippling level that he has um, and the ticks and things that he did, I thought was an interesting approach to the actor took to a story that may or may not have needed to have as much of um, that to tell the story. So I, so I find that interesting. I also find it yeah. interesting it's done. It's over. Like it's, it's done. It's uh, the, the run for Dear Evan Hansen ended in Broadway earlier this year. It ends in the West End uh, this year. So uh, it yeah. actually ends. It ended. It ended yesterday. Today, yesterday was oh, wow. the last show. So yesterday was the last show. Oh, let it be known, man. Yeah. So it, that was good, and and I think that was a good way to wrap up that day. And that was our last. That was our last full day. I think the day bef- two days before, we did some exploring, and we started off with uh, full English, because um, I know that you were excited about getting a. Got to go to London. You got to have a full English breakfast. Um, I still don't understand beans on toast, so I, I know it's a thing. Or blood just pudding. Or, or blood pudding. Or, bl- or, or blood pudding. I don't get it. But um, the thing, while we wrap up, while we wrap up this episode and our and our trip, I think uh, there was one thing I wanted to do, um, which was just watch a watch a football match in a pub around some rabid fans. And I think I got that. I, I, I got my experience. We finished and all of the, I'm glad we didn't actually buy tickets because everything was pushed because of the queen stuff. So anybody who was supposed to be playing in London was postponed, but Arsenal, which is a, which is a London team was playing away. And we found a, we found a pub in a very, I'd say local part of town, not a touristy part of town, um, called the 12 pins. And I looked it up and everybody was like, Hey, you want to go watch an Arsenal match? This is where you go. This is where you go. And I was like, I was skeptical, but I'm like, Hey, the interweb says so. So we'll go there. Um, they weren't wrong. The internet was correct in this sense. We, we walk in and, I think I think you were the one, Greg, who said it's like you walk in wearing the wrong color in that one, and the lady up front's going to be like, uh, "Sweetie, I'm going to need you to leave for your own safety." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so walk in wall to wall Arsenal shirts. Everybody's wearing red. That's why I had some muted form of red that I was wearing that day because I knew, like, I wanted to be safe. Weaved around, I couldn't hear. No one could hear me because clearly you've heard the other podcast. My voice is very, very quiet and in a loud pub not going to happen we actually managed to find a little bitty table off in the corner 
which was fantastic, kind of out of the way. You could still see. I mean, they had the projector going. The whole pub looked like it was closed because you don't want any light blaring onto the screen. You wanted to be able to see the match. And so we got there. We got there a little late, but right after, right after halftime, um, five minutes into the second second half, Arsenal scores, and I mean, it was just like, like Electric. so loud, like it was great. People high fiving, yelling. I mean, even at the replay, you know, I mean, it was, it was cool, and I was, I was happy. I was like, this, this is. I think what I wrote about it in my journal, I put, uh, I tagged it as, cause you know, I digitally journal like a nerd. I tagged it as very excited. Like I said, that was, that was, that was, that was good. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Y'all had some cider, right? Like, is that what yep. you had? You had some, had some cider. Um, and so that was, it was a good, it was good times had by all. And I mean, I'm telling you that match ended, they won, which was a good thing. Mm-hmm. And it was like within 30 seconds, Empty. An unassuming pub with like three other people in there other than us. Totally empty. It was <laughs> amazing how just swarm in on it, watch it, and then leave. I mean, I'm sure they made like a week's worth of what they normally make in that one match. Like is what they, because just of the amount of people just having drinks and eating and everything else there. But it was, it was a lot of fun. I got to experience a definitely a bucket list item for me. So, uh. It was it was fun to experience the energy because I don't think like we love our American football here, but nothing of that that level of excitement at all, at least in my opinion. No, uh, that was yeah, without question, it was an intense, intense, and we got there at half. We got there at the half, right? So we got there, and yeah, it was still yeah. intense. I mean, it was super buzzy. Um, and the, and the beer wasn't expensive. I thought it was interesting. The drinks, they didn't, I mean, the drinks were very local yeah. prices, very, very local yeah. blue collar prices, yeah. um, yep. which didn't was jack which them up was, or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Which was fun. Uh, we were definitely yeah. the only Americans in that room. One probably the only foreigners so. in that, in that room. Yes. Yes. I, I, and which, which in my opinion, I would say I picked correctly because that's, that was, that was kind of what I was, what I was going for. So. So before we before we wrap up, Greg, let's who who is Gage? Let's let's talk about the story <laughs> of Gage Pineapple because this so, is not going to be like this is not going to be a multi episode arc. You know, like, no, no, I think no, we can no, put this no, into bed no, pretty quick. So I still don't know, but in fairness, in the Gage Pineapple thing, so my, I I don't while I have social media, I don't use social media except from. YouTube and and I scroll through TikTok, but I wouldn't post any content to it. Uh, but fa- I have Facebook and Instagram. I don't use it at all. I use I think I use Facebook just to find discount codes for concerts, so you can do preseason and buy early. I think that's the only thing. Yeah, I yeah, use. yeah, yeah. So Monica decides at the Harry Potter Museum that she's gonna tag me in a Facebook post. And at this point, I get emails associated to Facebook messages tied to Monica's post. Yeah, you've been you've been tagged. Yeah, that's the only time I ever get tagged too. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm tagged on this thing, and I and then I look at my phone, and I look down, and it goes, "You have a new friend, Gage Pineapple." And I went, "Who is Gage Pineapple?" First of all, I know it's not their real name, but if you did choose to name your kid Gage Pineapple, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. And, and then, even, I mean, you come up with a moniker like that. It's like, what am I going to come up with? You know, I'm so popular. I need a fake name. Gage Pineapple. That works. That works for me. Yeah. Like, what is up with that? 
Yeah, I have no idea who they are. And then I went and looked, and they're friends with other people that I went to high school with, which I also didn't know that I was associated with on the Facebook because I don't use the Facebook. And yeah, so now I am on a quest. I'm not really. I've given up. I have no idea who Gage Pineapple is, but forever I want to put that on a shirt, which is who is Gage Pineapple? Who is Gage Pineapple? Like It's like on a milk carton. Have you seen Gage Pineapple? You know, I think, I think what you should do is go to your Facebook's like high school, like page that they always have where they coordinate every five years, you know, they come out of the woodwork and say, Hey, like we're going to meet up for our high school reunion. And you should be like, who, yeah, that's who, a thing. Who's, who's Gage Pineapple? Oh yeah. It's totally a thing. Yeah. Like I got invited totally for next thing. year to go to Colorado for a reunion with a bunch of people that I don't know. And I was like, because what we went to high school, the same high school, the same building. I was like, you know, half of y'all ruined my life because of making <laughs> fun of me. So like, like unless I'm going to flex on you and say like I have a better job than you, like why am I? Why am I showing? I don't want to hang out with y'all. Like, be that like scene I'm, from Romeo I'm and good. Michelle. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like I don't. I don't need. I don't need that. So, but yeah, I think that's what you should do. So keep us informed. We'll we'll close off the gauge. See, it wasn't that exciting. We'll close off the gauge pineapple arc <laughs> by saying. We have no clue. It's just somebody who decided to make their Facebook name Gage Pineapple, um, and it'll forever. And be if a you find out, Greg if Post. you find out, hopefully, hopefully, someone uh, out there listening finds out who Gage Pineapple is and has them as a listener for this show, and maybe we'll have them as a guest, and they can introduce themselves and tell yes. us who they are. Yeah, we can have. Yeah, we can have Gage Pineapple as a guest on here. I can. I can add. I can add a guest <laughs> on here for sure. So. All right, Greg. Well, we have. We have. I think we have drained london even though there's there's some other random stuff that we will end up talking about at some some point in some time like you having random conversations with the dry cleaner guy oh yeah um, that was another one uh, my yeah my wife and i on learning about a an acronym that stands for area of outstanding natural beauty um which i thought was thought was an interesting way to call things I'm not sure how many of those i've seen in my life um but yeah we've got it we've got a lot of stuff to cover and it was good chatting with you, Greg. And until next time, thank you listeners for sticking with us. We we'll promise we'll get episode 11 out there more quickly than 10. We promise. <laughs> we See promise. You, All right, bye. Thanks for listening to Unmotivated and Unprepared. Join us again next time as we continue to meander through random topics at a pace defined by our mood, the weather, and what happened five minutes earlier. <laughs>